Hey, Keurig coffee drinkers. Did you know that the bold, smooth taste of Dunkin' cold coffee can be brewed in your Keurig coffee maker and enjoyed at home? Dunkin's cold K-cup pods were crafted to be brewed hot and enjoyed cold. And of course, they're packed with the Dunkin' flavor you crave. Brew over ice and sip in seconds. Because the home with Dunkin' is where you want to be. Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. So let's talk about money. I get a lot of questions from readers and listeners about finances and navigating when you feel broke or when you're totally unfulfilled in your job or you're up to your ears in debt. Um, So many women reach out to me and they're like, do you have any tips for making a little extra income or just anything when it comes to finances? Because I think it can be so easy to have a really bad or just kind of damaged view of money, depending on how we were raised. Um, I've talked about this a little bit on social media, not too long ago. And it's been crazy to me how much response I've gotten from so many readers and DMs and messages and comments and people saying things like, oh my gosh, I needed this perspective. So often I feel bad for being strategic or savvy or intentional with money or for asking for payment or, you know, trying to make a little extra income. Like we have this idea that it's somehow bad. But before I even dive into a few tips that I have, if you're feeling just broke or stressed out about finances in any way or just in in any way feeling overwhelmed by the idea, I think it can really begin with our mindset toward it. Not only is it a circumstantial thing, but it, it can also kind of be a mindset thing. And I think sometimes we can look at it as like we shouldn't have more of it. And I'm not saying like be greedy and chase after it and make that like your, you know, end all. But the reality is money is a tool. And if you're going to use or you're going to make money, you may as well make it well. You may as well be smart about how you do it and also how you use it. Right. Because I feel like if we're being intentional, um, I saw someone say actually share this on a uh, Instagram story not too long ago. My friend Erica, she saw a statistic that says 90 percent of women who have any kind of extra money are most likely to give it to churches, nonprofits, causes they believe in and to give back. So it's not bad for you to think about maybe I want to make a little bit extra side income or I want to get out of this debt and actually start making money. Like that is not a selfish thought. It's actually very wise and it is good for women to be financially stable. So if you ever feel like you have kind of like this weird complex like relationship with the word money or just when it comes to finances, um, I first want to encourage you that if you can start thinking of it as a tool to do important work and to do good things and to impact the lives of others, as well as create a stable foundation for your life and for your family, like nothing negative about that. It's when we can misuse it. I think that it can become something bad, but that's just like anything, right? Anything. I mean, money itself is an inanimate. It's like amoral, right? It's just how we use it in our 
whole intent toward it. So all that to say, I want to first kind of lay the groundwork there. And then from there, I kind of want to move into, you know, I don't know what your money situation is. I don't know what your financial financial situation is. But if you're listening to this, maybe you have been feeling a little bit stressed about it. Maybe you've been feeling a little bit tight or maybe you are up to your eyeballs in debt. <laughs> maybe you're just feeling like I would love to pay off my car and I need to think about some creative ways to do that so I can get out under that debt, right? Or whatever it is, I just want to make some extra money for groceries or to get some new shoes, like whatever it is. Um, and so with that, I have actually, like I said, shared about this on social media a bit. And after having done that, seeing the response that I've gotten and how many women were like, thank you for just this, these creative ideas. Thank you for speaking into this because it's kind of awkward to talk about. I feel like the only context we ever talk about it in is like when we maybe listen to people that are either you know, maybe building a business and talking about how much money they made. And it's like, well, that's awkward because I didn't, you know, <laughs> or like, good for you, sister. Now I'm jealous. Or we might hear it in the terms of like from like an educational standpoint. But I think from just like a friend to friend, I need some advice or some creative ideas on how to be more savvy with money, savvy, creative ways to make money, to get out from under debt. That's kind of what I want to talk about. Um, it's a conversation I've had with friends of mine. It's something I've shared about and got a great response on. So I thought, you know what, let's make an episode. Let's just kind of put it out there for anyone else who's maybe feeling the weight of financial burden or stress or just a broken mindset when it comes to money. So the first thing I want to say, if you are feeling any of those icky feelings, any of that stress is number one is small steps. Okay. Super baby steps. If you are in debt or if you are trying to, I don't know, save, um, maybe a simple little tiny, tiny change you can make is to sacrifice Starbucks or maybe even K cups for some Folgers when it comes to coffee. Right. I think sometimes we make these things that are nice to enjoy these luxuries. We make them things that we turn them into needs, right? Like we have turned, I think even in our generation, like eating out has become more of a daily thing or a consistent thing that we almost treat more like a normal need than a luxury. And then it kind of loses how special it is, right? And when you go out like five nights a week, it's like, you know, even if you're getting takeout, it kind of, you, A, a, you lose the ability to learn a new skill, to learn how to cook a new dish, to learn what spices go together. And I understand on a busy schedule, sometimes you just kind of grab something fast and there's seasons for that. But I think what can happen is sometimes in those busy seasons, we start living that way and then we turn it into a habit, right? We pick up Starbucks every day on the way to work or we, you know, stop buying, grab something for dinner and it becomes something that spills into a season where it may not be so necessary and we don't even realize how much is being kind of how much money is being just thrown into that stuff, maybe unnecessarily. Maybe we could be a little bit more strategic. So if you're feeling like, you know, just that financial stress, I want you to think about one thing in your life. This is small steps, okay? Like you don't need to make $1,000 in the next two hours and you also don't need to pay off all your loans in the next five minutes. But you can make a small little step to start taking those act, that active role in your life and to start regaining control and being a little bit more um, intentional about what you're doing. And so I want you to think about one area in your life where maybe you can make a swap. What is one um, luxury that maybe you don't even really treat as a luxury because it's become such a regular regularity, regular thing, <laughs> regular thing in your life? Um, maybe that is your Starbucks run every morning. Maybe that is, you know, something else. But if you think about that, let's pretend it's the Starbucks run because I think that's a great example, something we all relate to. Um, that's what, let's say you do that four mornings a week. Maybe maybe it's like four or five bucks a morning. So that's 20 bucks, right? That could be a meal or two meals or 
a decent amount of groceries or some healthy food at the grocery store. So um, think about how you might be able to swap. Okay. For example, when we started noticing we were doing coffee shop runs a lot, my husband said, okay, you know what? I'm going to get this used espresso machine, which at the time I was not thrilled about because I was like, really, we're going to buy an espresso machine. (laughs) Um, But he did it as an anniversary gift for us and spent like half of what it was actually like what the actual retail cost was because he found a sale and we have gotten our money's worth out of that. We must make two, three cups of coffee, not two, three cups for each of us, but total, you know, each of us were, we were going out for coffee multiple days a week. And now we might get coffee like once a week, like on a Saturday, um, at a coffee shop. So that has more than paid for itself. It saved us a lot. So think about a simple way you could, you know, swap it out, even if it's just Folgers or just K cups, even, even that can really add up and be expensive. So think about how you can be a little bit more creative, get a coffee machine. You don't need all the fancy drinks all the time. Okay. So that's thing. Number one, small steps. Second thing, is to stop buying things that you can't afford. Seriously, we have, this sounds so obvious. You're probably like, Jay, how is this supposed to be helpful? But I want you to think about your life. Like, I think we can be so used to throwing something on the credit card or crediting it to our PayPal account or whatever because it's so convenient. Like, purchasing has become so dang easy. And I almost want to, like, encourage you, like, go back to checkbooks (laughs) or actually take out cash and, actually use that for the week or just use debit cards. I mean, really, because when you can tangibly see and then keep an eye on your numbers, because I think sometimes we think like, oh, I can afford that. And then we haven't actually looked to see and think, oh, I still have four days until my next paycheck. You know, even if you're not necessarily living paycheck to paycheck, there should be some sort of limit on what you're doing. And so I really want to encourage you. It seems so stinking obvious, but I think it's a skill that we in our generation have lost a little bit sometimes just because you can literally put your fingerprint on your phone and purchase something right there. You can Amazon Prime it. You can go through the drive-thru really quick. You can hand over a card and then not even think about it. And it's so easy for things to add up. And then you're like, holy cow, how do I have a $1,500 credit card bill? So I guess the second piece of advice is think about maybe if you're feeling that stress, that financial burden, I want you to think about maybe what's one thing that maybe I have been lax about? Have I been pretty chill about my credit card? Have I, you know, you don't need to hold everything like this. This is one thing I want to remind you is you don't have to hold everything with such tight fists and almost live with like a scarcity mentality. But I also know that when you live with an abundance mentality, which I think is really, really healthy and we want to, I think I really want to encourage you if you don't know what those things are, I would look them up because it's so helpful to really identifying yourself. Um, scarcity mentality is very like, oh my gosh, I have to like hoard everything. And I don't know if there's going to be enough and like stressing out, you know, and really like tight fisted. And then abundance mentality is very like open-handed trusting that there will always be enough that you, they will be provided. Right. Um, and keeping kind of that generous mindset. However, I think where it can be difficult is when you almost become so lax that you just don't even really actually pay attention to what you truly can afford. Um, That doesn't mean you need to nickel and dime everything. That doesn't mean you can't splurge now and then. That doesn't mean you can't invest in yourself or in your family in a way that's going to be smart for your future or for what you're trying to build or what you're trying to create. There's been times where I've invested in programs to really do my job better, to learn what tools and resources and steps I need to take and systems and processes that work really well and learn from those who've gone ahead of me. So investments like that, you know, are really, really smart. But at the same time, you have to know the season for that. And you also have to know, okay, is it something that I can afford? And this is the second part of that question. Not just, is it something that I can afford, but is it something that can make me money or have a longer term benefit for me from a financial standpoint? Is it more of an investment or is it a depreciating asset, right? Like here's an example. Don't 
maybe don't, especially if you're stressed out, feel like you have to buy the nicest pair of shoes, right? Or that you even need to get a fancy pair of shoes or the nice new car because those things depreciate in value as they're used, right? But maybe investing in something like, I don't know, real estate or a course that might teach you more about what you're trying to learn so you can actually then grow what you're doing or something like that. Those types of investments actually help you in the future. There's a long-term potential gain. So that's more of an investment than just an expense. And I want you to start thinking about when I'm making bigger purchases, is it an investment? with a longer term payoff, or is it an expense that I really can't even afford? So that's a really big thing. Stop buying things you can't afford. I'm just gonna tell you that I feel like your mom, but <laughs> I think it's a really important thing and a skill and a discipline we need to hear more and more, especially as it becomes so easy to just swipe and tap and click and whatever and purchase things right off the bat. But if you are gonna make a bigger purchase, I want you to make sure that it's actually an investment or something that's gonna help really like your family and your household and your financial stability in the near future, not just a random arbitrary expense because you're trying to keep up with the Joneses. Guys, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Own Your Every Day comes out in less than two weeks. This book has truly been a labor of love, rewritten and refined multiple times and created over the course of almost two whole years. This is more than a book too. This is a movement, a way of life. Know why? Because we can't do the big, cool, extraordinary things that we dream of until we learn to show up for the small, not so cool, everyday things. There is seriously no way around that. If that resonates with you at all, or if you just like this podcast and the way that you get tangible takeaways and personal conversation, I know you're going to love this book. Even though it officially hits shelves on May 14th, you can pre-order your copy anywhere books are sold. And when you do, you get access to some awesome pre-order bonuses like free coaching with me. But the bonuses end the night before release day, which is May 13th. So be sure to grab yours by going to jordanleedooley.com slash OYE freebies after you pre-order to claim your free coaching and some other awesome bonuses that thousands of women have been loving so far. Okay, number three is get creative. Seriously, get creative when it comes to ways that you can make some side income, some extra income. Obviously, we are all in different seasons. I know that there are some seasons that are busier than others. I know that, you know, there are times where you're like, I have zero free time. But I often find it interesting because I will have women reach out to me or girls reach out to me, college girls, you know, young moms, whatever. And they'll reach out and they're like, I am like trying to raise money for this cause or I'm trying to raise money for a mission trip and I'm just really struggling. And, you know, part of me is like, okay, well, trust God to provide. Yes. Um, But the other part of me is like, well, are you getting creative or are you just like hoping that money's going to rain down from the sky? (laughs) And I think sometimes we forget that we can have an active role. I remember um, I'm going to tell this story because so many people have asked me to tell this story. It's kind of funny. But when I was, I think, a junior in college, can't remember exactly, but I was in college and I was preparing to go on a mission trip. Well, both my parents were entrepreneurs. okay, and they're very self-sufficient, self-made kind of people. And Love them to death. But at the time, I was like, well, I want to raise money for this mission trip. They were like, great. Good luck. You're not sending donation letters to all our friends. And I was like, why not? Like, that's how everybody does it. Right. And they were like, you need to learn how like how to actually earn a dollar and provide value to people. Not that there's anything wrong with asking for donations, but they really wanted to teach me that lesson. And, you know, they were like, you can ask for donations to get that money or you can create value and provide a tool, a resource, a product, a service, do some hard work and earn that money. It actually even can feel even more valuable than like 
just in such a cool way. And so at the time, I was so frustrated. I was like, seriously, I don't have time for this. I'm in college. What the heck am I supposed to do? But now I am so glad they ingrained that in me because it's a skill and it's something I've been able to pass on to others. At that time, I was like, all right, well, what can I do? And what I chose to do was I started to look around and I realized I was in the Greek system on campus and I was involved in a network of fraternities and sororities. And so I decided that, you know what, what if on Saturday mornings I sold like waffles, like I had like a waffle bar for kids in Greek life. Okay. I know this sounds so cheesy, but I was like, I'm going to try it with my sorority first. And I actually asked my friend if she would do it with me. So I didn't feel like such a goofball. And she was like, Yes, I will do it with you. Praise the Lord. Um, And so we got a bunch of ingredients. We got some little waffle makers. I think my mom like gave them to me. I think she had two of them. And we we probably spent like 20 bucks at Walmart or something getting like syrup and powdered sugar and some berries. And we cut them up. And... I first sold them in my sorority house, which is so funny because at the time in the, in that sorority, we didn't have breakfast, I think on Saturdays. We had Sunday brunches usually, but we didn't have Saturday morning breakfast. So I knew I was like, huh, well, that's a felt need because a lot of girls went out the night before. They're probably hungry this morning. And so we had a buffet of waffles in the cafeteria. People came down, they smelled them and they were... And, I made a couple bucks and so had some gals purchase waffles from me, which is so funny. But then I got real creative and I was like, hmm, probably more so than the girls. All the guys on campus would probably love this. And so I texted a couple of my friends who were in different houses on campus and I was like, hey, if I sold waffles on Saturday morning, do you think that your brothers would be into that? Would they buy them? Would they want that in the mornings? And most of them were like, yeah, come over next week. And it was it was super awkward, though, because these are like my buddies. OK, it's like a Tuesday afternoon. They're in class. They're like, yeah, totally. Whatever. Didn't tell anyone that this was happening. So one Saturday, I like walk over like with all my waffle mix and my friend and we like knock on the door. Some guy who's like, you know, half awake, opens the door. He's like looking at me and I'm like, hey, I'm here to sell waffles. And he's like, OK. <laughs> He's so confused. And at first he's like, are you allowed to do that? I was like, yeah, yeah, I talked to so-and-so. He said we could do this. And he like let me in and I set up my little shop in their cafeteria and we sold a few waffles there. And I did that at a couple different houses and I didn't make boatloads of money. But the lesson here is that like, it's about getting creative. It's about finding a way to use a couple, a little bit of the resources you had. You know, I had a couple bucks. I went to the store, got some waffle mix, got some bowls, whatever, and then turned around and I made money on that and was able to put that in my fund for my mission trip. And so I did a couple other odd jobs and things like that in order to raise the money. But, you know, there's other ways to do it. You don't have to go knocking on frat house doors and selling waffles. <laughs> but yes, like I shared this on my Instagram story not too long ago because I had a couple gals reach out and ask about like, how can I make money when I feel completely broke? I only have a little bit of money left and et cetera, et cetera. And I said, well, maybe an idea would be get on Facebook Marketplace or, you know, go to a garage sale and get like a $20 old piece of furniture, right? Something that isn't that fancy and buy it, go to the Hobby Lobby, get some paint, some sandpaper, go home, fix it back up, make it look pretty and um, then turn around and sell it for three times what you bought it. Now you've just made profit, right? Then take that profit. And if you had no money to start off with, this is another big piece of it. If you have like no money to even go buy a $20 thing on Craigslist or whatever you want to do, go sell your clothes on Poshmark. Like go through your closet and find a few pieces of clothes that you don't want to use and go on Poshmark or go take it to Plato's Closet or one of those places, make some money to use that money to go buy that piece of furniture, buy a couple, you know, jars of paint or whatever you need to do, 
YouTube, how to fix it up, fix it up, turn around, put it back on Facebook Marketplace, sell it, make a little bit of money, turn around, do it again, get a little bit nicer piece, fix it up more, turn around again, triple the price or double the price. So do that a couple of times. You're going to save a couple hundred bucks. Now you've got a couple hundred bucks that you can use and that you can put towards something maybe a little bit bigger, a little bit more of an investment or you know, continue to do that. You could also do some freelance work on Upwork, right? So Upwork is a great, um, it's like a online platform. It's kind of like Airbnb kind of, but like for freelance work. So if you want to do virtual assistant work or if you want to do design work or you want to, you know, do photography, there's so many different things you can do freelance from your college dorm room, from your apartment, in your free time on Saturday afternoons. There are ways to be creative and just make a little bit of extra side income. So I want you to think about maybe I'm just sitting here whining about that I'm broke or that I'm stressed or that I don't have enough money and you might have to hustle a bit. Sorry, like you might have to get a little creative. That's sometimes part of life, like to get yourself out of debt, to take those little steps. You can do the little things like swapping out the luxury coffee for something more simple or, you know, eating out less or stop buying things you can't afford and really invest in your future or do these creative little extra work gigs that can be really, really helpful and really smart. And there's no shame in that game. I'll tell you, there's still times I'd still, you know, even as an author in, in a different place than I was back when I was selling waffles, um, you know, there's still times where I'll do some extra freelance work or some side gigs like consulting for other influencers. And those are just like little extra helpful things to get through seasons where maybe cash flow is lower or we're in a transition or we're making less because we're doing more. And there's no shame in that, you know? It's like find the creative ways in your season that can really fit you and don't be afraid to step into them. I mean, really, I think we can almost let our pride get in the way so much, but if you can get a little creative, if you want to sell some waffles, go for it. <laughs> okay, fourth thing I was going to say is really be smart and think long-term. So the best example I can give of this is when I was trying to decide what college I was going to go to, I had in my mind pretty much made my decision. And I was about to commit and I had my, it was like you had to go on a web page. This was a little while ago, but you had to go on a web page and you had to like basically select the button like I accept. And I was hovering over that button on my parents like big computer. And I was like, I think I just need to wait like a few more days and just make sure this is the right decision. I just had this weird feeling and I had like no financial assistance or anything for that. Well, in those few days that I decided to wait, I got a notification from the camp or from the school that I ended up going to basically telling me that they were giving me a pretty big scholarship. It would have covered about half my school or a little bit more than that. And that was huge because my parents had said they would help me with a little bit of my funding, but then that would have covered a huge chunk. And then I was able to work in the summers and kind of cover my other expenses. And so I would with that graduate without debt. And for me, that was like, whoa. But I also wasn't super thrilled at first because that wasn't originally the school I was going to go to. So I was like, well, do I go to the school that I want to go to that feels safer, that is closer to home, that like I know I like, or do I take the risk of maybe going to a school that I don't really feel as excited about, but that I'm going to graduate without debt with. So I had to kind of think long-term versus short-term and my parents laid it all out for me and they kind of helped me see like, this is what you'll have if you graduate in four years, if you go here versus if you go here. And that was like a big light bulb moment for me. And it made me realize like, how often do we choose the things that, you know, maybe look shiny or seem more comfortable or might be more impressive, but actually don't benefit us when it comes to our financial situation in the future versus the other way, right? Like I was going to get the same education either way. And even if you are in a situation where you're like, I could choose the used car or I could get the flashy new car, right? The new model. It's like, I think we're all in those situations in different seasons of life. But now having like, looking back, 
I'd probably still be paying off student loans had I chosen the other option. So I really want to encourage you to think about what situation are you in and are you at a place where you are maybe tempted to pick the shinier, more impressive option, even if that's going to put you in a financial bind? Or do you have maybe a little bit less flashy, cool, impressive option before you that could really help you from a financial standpoint? Be smart. Be savvy. That's not like, that's not lame. You know, I ended up having a great college experience. I don't regret it at all. I now like don't even like the school I was thinking. They were our rival school, so I want nothing to do with them. (laughs) Um, It's just funny like how we can sometimes get so caught up in what we think looks awesome or what we want to see or what we want to share on Facebook that we miss how to really be smart for our future. And so I really want to encourage you to think about that and not be afraid to make the not so cool decision because sometimes the not so cool decisions lead to the very best things. I found my husband. I had no school debt, right? Like the best things. And so, um, again, be savvy, be smart. Don't buy things you can't afford. Seriously, like get rid of your credit card. Get a little creative. Go sell some waffles, some pancakes. Do what you got to do. But don't be afraid to hustle. Don't be afraid to be creative. And don't forget that it's small steps. You don't have to you know, fix your financial situation in two seconds. But you do need to start taking small steps to make the changes that need to happen. Did you hear? I'm coming to your city. Yep, I'm going on book tour, which is really more like throwing little parties around the country all during the month of May. And I want you to come join the fun. First, I'm heading to Nashville, where we'll have the ultimate launch party on May 14th. And then I'm stopping in the following cities, Indianapolis, Dallas, Chicago, Minneapolis, Los Angeles, Atlanta, and Charlotte. If you're in any of these areas and want to come join the fun, be sure to grab your ticket because there's limited space at each stop and seats are filling up fast. Or if you're not in any of these cities, I've still got something for you. On May 13th, the night before launch day, I'll be doing a live virtual signing that you can tune into and get your book signed and personalized right there on the spot. You can literally watch me do it as if we were in person. Just go to jordanleedooley.com slash OYE dash tour or click the link in the description of this episode to grab your ticket and save your spot for whichever stop or signing you want to be a part of. I can't wait to see you on the road, my friend. We're going to have a blast. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content And it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. Hey, Keurig coffee drinkers, need a cold coffee with a bold flavor? Dunkin' Cold K-Cup pods were specially crafted for cold coffee. Brew over ice straight out of the Keurig coffee maker for smooth, delicious Dunkin' taste you know and love. Find your next Dunkin' Cold coffee in the roasted coffee aisle.